Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This Louis Mess. Little kids like me. Welcome to this glorious mess, little kids. I'm Lee Campbell, and I have to apologise in advance if I don't speak English because <laughs> my child partied all night. And oh. Tegan, firstly, who are you? I am Tegan Natoli, <laughs> yes. yes. And we were chatting before the show, and I'm really struggling to put oh, sentences together. <laughs> to put sentences together. I laughed at her so much that I hit my head on the table, so I might be slightly concussed. <laughs> so we don't know what this episode's going to hold. Look, it's going to be a wild ride. How are you? I'm good. I sold my house. Oh, I Yay. thought I'd just let everyone know Finally. since it went on the market so long ago. But yes, I don't have to try and make my household look like three toddlers don't live in it anymore. No more so display home. Congratulations. Thank so what's the plan? You. Moving? Well, yeah, it's a bit of a long settlement, which is nice, but we're building, obviously married to a builder. So my that whole helps. life will be building and moving and building and moving and building and moving, which is fine by me. But no I'm more. just happy to have no more open houses oh, for the moment. so good. Well, look, we're going to jump into the episode. But first up, I just wanted to say a humongous thank you. A couple of episodes ago, I opened up about my maybe baby journey. And I have received mm. so many beautiful messages. Like my husband will be like, why are you crying? I'm like, this person on Instagram is so nice. So thank you so much. I was really touched and I will keep you guys updated. I have a little update later in the show, actually. Oh, my gosh. I've got something to tell I'm me. not uh, pregnant. Calm down. I'm like, um, you could have at least told me that off air. <laughs> but related a little bit is topic we're talking about today, which yes. is secondary infertility. Yep. It's the struggle to conceive your second child or third or fourth. So you've had one or a couple, no problem. And then you struggle all of a sudden. You're mm. like, hey, hang on. I, my body knows what it's doing. This was fine before. And it's actually the biggest category it's of like infertility. The problem that I had. <laughs> yes. And me. Well, who knows? Actually, I might have primary and secondary. Aren't I lucky? So we're going to talk about how common it is, the yeah. emotional journey, what can happen if you need to go with assisted fertility and all stuff like that. And I think it can get so frustrating, especially second time round, because you know, you've had this, what may have been quite a cruisy journey first up and yes. you just thought, okay, you'll probably time it. Like, oh, I want to have my second child or third child with this much of an age gap and then we'll just go for it and it will happen. But and it's it not often the case, is it? doesn't happen like that. Like when people are like, oh, but now your body knows what to do. And I'm yeah. like, shut up, Karen. <laughs> But we'll finish with our WTFs and don't forget that we've now got a recommendation segment, which is very exciting. But as always, we're going to kick off with our listener dilemma. Now it's time for listener dilemmas. Yay! Let's go! So this week, Tara emailed us. Hi, my son is four and I'm wondering what to do or say because when we see other adults and they say hello to him, he just retreats himself, hides behind me and won't talk. I've never been one to make him say hello back as that's just awkward for the other adult. 
He's always done it and I always put it down to being shy and he'll grow out of it and maybe he still will. I just feel like he's coming across a bit rude. I'm not worried about any other traits and he is friendly and talkative at kindy and once he's comfortable around other adults. What's the best thing to do or say to him to help in these situations? Cheers. You go first, Lee. Well, look, I don't have a lot of experience in this field. Alexander's only 20 months, but he would get into a car with strangers. He loves everyone. (laughs) He Mm. tries to join other families at the park. But it was interesting (laughs) when I read this, I was thinking, you know, we're not supposed to say give grandma a kiss or give your auntie a cuddle. You know, we don't want to, there's a whole consent thing around that. But I wonder if that extends to trying to warm them up. I mean, the fact that he is fine at daycare and he's friendly and talkative around people he knows, maybe he's just shy. And I think with a four-year-old, an adult wouldn't think a four-year-old's being rude, surely. You yeah. just know that they're shy and you go, hi, buddy. You know. Yeah. So, and we're not ne- necessarily offended by no, a four-year-old's reactions yeah. to not saying hello or whatnot. I maybe would just leave it. If you're really concerned, you could talk to a developmental paediatrician or something like that. But the fact that he's fine around people he knows, I think that's just maybe who he is. Yeah, it's so funny as parents, we contradict ourselves so much because we're like, don't talk to strangers, but then say hello to mummy's friend that you've never met and give them a cuddle. Like <laughs> we're so, so crazy. How confusing are we? Yeah, I don't really have an answer to this either. So we're not very, very expertise at this, but I'd let it go. And like you said, I don't think any adult would really be getting all no. that offended. If he was really shy around people he knew and was close yeah. to, then maybe that was something And he's different. also getting to that age. Like I know my twins are, you know, nearly three and a half and it's like, oh, they're starting to get those little like inhibitions and getting embarrassed, like those new emotions yes. where it can come into their social life, yeah, I suppose, as well. I wonder yeah. what he was like when he was two and three. Yeah, like Bug, you're saying, would join uh, another family. Honestly, he will talk to a <laughs> telegraph pole. He will do anything. <laughs> Like, no, bud, that's not your family. Come this way. But I'm sure, you know, you can understand where Tara's coming from because you also want adults to see, like, the greatness in your child because sometimes Alexander will just be an idiot. And I'll be like, no, don't. Like, you know, he's so great at home or whatever, but that's just toddlers. You try and, like, your children really do reflect who you are. And you're like, I promise I'm so polite and I'm so social. Yeah. Exactly. But maybe just let him be him and see how he goes. So a couple of weeks ago on the show, I talked about looking into having a potential second child and everyone was so nice and I'll update you quickly where we're at. (laughs) I would like kill someone if someone wasn't so nice about it. (laughs) That's true. Well, actually someone, it it was nice, but she wrote to me on Instagram and said, wow, I can't believe you're going to talk about this in real time and keep us across it real time. And I was like, ah! Oh my Pressure. God, I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> I was like, I take it back. Yeah. But um, we went to see our new fertility expert and she was fantastic. She has a huge long waiting list and I can see why. Yeah. And she's very pragmatic. She didn't laugh at any of my jokes, which is you know, <laughs> okay, cool. But you know that she knows what she's doing. Yeah. So we've got a line of defense. I'm having a high cozy soon. High cozy is uh, having your tubes flushed for anyone that hasn't had it. Oh God, I've had that. I've also had it. Oh. It is extremely painful. Yes. Uh, and so I'm glad you say so because oh, yeah. everyone I've asked does not agree. Well, she was like, have you had one before? And I was like, yeah. So she's like, yeah, it hurts, right? For me, like, ah. it was worse than IVF itself. Like yeah. it was so traumatically painful and not made a fuss about it's, in the lead up yeah. to. Well, because it's a day thing and it's quick and you just go in and out and you're knocked, knocked out. But yeah. ouchie. Anyway, yeah. I could have that. Um, oh. She and then unfortunately probably followed by another laparoscopic 
I can never say this word. Laparoscopy. Laparoscopy. You can't talk in general today, let alone the big words. Laparoscopy, which I had a couple of years ago to remove widespread endo. She said, by the sounds of things, it's back. I'm like, great. And a whole bunch of other things that we're going to try along the way. So that's where we're at. I'm Mm -hmm. just waiting to have the high cozy because I was actually supposed to go a few weeks ago, right after seeing her, because you go between day five and day 10 of your cycle. And they called me the night before and they said, we can't fit you in tomorrow. They said never in their lives have they been so inundated, these scan places and pathology places. Because of COVID, everyone's like, oh, well, I'm not going on a holiday. It's too risky to plan a wedding. Yes, everyone's trying to have babies. Wow. Because they're just like, well, what else am I going to do? So does that push you back a whole month? Yep. So then because I missed the window, I had to be pushed back a month. Doesn't she remember you're urgent? You're 39? (laughs) People don't. (laughs) care um no i was happy i was so psyched up to do it i was like i'm doing this tomorrow then when they called me no but then i was like oh well i'll go have a wine so i'm going to keep you across my uh fertility journey thank you no problem and speaking of fertility journeys we're about to chat about secondary infertility which is the struggle to conceive your second child third child fourth child i don't know Tenth child? Probably not. And for some people, there never really is a conclusive diagnosis as to why they're struggling with infertility. There's obvious factors like age, hello, (laughs) um, egg reserves, ovulation issues, and oftentimes they can be resolved. But other times you can be feeling a little helpless, hopeless, and not sure what's going on. So to unpack all of this, we have Manuela Toledo. She's a fertility specialist at Melbourne IVF, and she's going to join us on the show now. She has a special interest in fertility preservation complex infertility and providing second opinions which we love so Manuela welcome to the show I wanted to quickly start with what the term secondary infertility actually means that's a really good question it's a really important because we throw these terms around secondary infertility means the woman has been pregnant before and it might have been a full-term pregnancy and she's had a baby or two it might have been an early miscarriage It may have actually been um, a termination um, previously, but it means she does have proven fertility. We know she's been able to conceive in the past. And how common is that? It's very, very common. And so I see a lot of couples where they've had the first baby or two quite quickly and then they're struggling to have the next one. And it's frustrating because they know they can do it. They've done it before. Mm -hmm. The only difference is it's just a few years later now. And so, I mean, I guess there could be several causes and often unexplained infertility is a whole other thing. But is there some general factors that contribute to second infertility? Look, a lot of them are unexplained uh, and you'll speak to these couples and often they'll say, oh, we got pregnant so quickly, we weren't really trying, I just came off the pill and next thing we knew we had a baby. And so when they come back, then the big difference is time. So the egg and the sperm are just a few years older And when you've had a baby, maybe in your early to mid-30s, and then you're ready for your second one in your late 30s, the egg does age a little bit more quickly than the sperm. And it probably is a huge contributing factor. But often it is unexplained. Often we do all the tests and the couple are healthy. Sometimes their lifestyle has changed a bit. So a lot of women say, oh, I weigh eight kilos more now than I did when I conceived my first one. Mm-hmm. The partners will say, oh, actually, you know, I've been working a little bit longer. There's more work stress trying to provide for the family. Sometimes people have taken up smoking again or, you know, the toddlers hit the terrible twos and they're drinking a little bit more, as in not the toddler, the parents. <laughs> 
And, and so, you know, when you really start nutting down and start going through the lifestyle, you do realise that maybe mum and dad are not as healthy as they were first time round. That makes so much sense. So lifestyle's pretty important then, isn't it? Look, lifestyle is, and it's one of those things we talk about, you know, being healthy and not drinking too much alcohol and not smoking and no party drugs and hydrating and getting eight hours sleep a night and, you know, working out three times a week. And, but it's really, really hard when you've got a toddler at oh, home. Oh, yes. Okay, so that's and, I mean, you know that. So. <laughs> Tegan knows that she's got three. Lucky she's not trying to have one more. No, I'm not having any more. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How, how do you have time to be doing this interview? <laughs> it's a luxury to be here, please. So when talking in regards to unexplained infertility, if that is the case for a couple, what are their options? What, what's the next step for them? It really depends on the couple. And I think one thing, I'm really glad, you know, you've asked this question because one thing I want to stress is that the distress that couples feel over secondary infertility about not being able to easily have the second or third child is just as raw and just as real as the distress couples feel when they're trying to be pregnant with their first. Mm. You know, sometimes there's this assumption out there, oh, you've had a baby, you know, what are you complaining about? You know, the next one will come along, just relax. I mean, we all know those phrases that people, you know, throw around and often they're well-intentioned, but, but couples can get very, very distressed by not being able to conceive, especially when their whole cohort around them, all their friends around them in playgroup are having babies. But a lot of the times it is unexplained. And one treatment for unexplained secondary infertility is time. Mm. So if it took you three to six months to get pregnant with your first, it might take you eight to 12 months to get pregnant with the second. Mm. Having said that, if you're over 36, and again, it's, it's the eggs, if the eggs are over the age of 36, then really after six months of trying, if you haven't conceived, we strongly recommend you speak to someone, mm. an interested GP or fertility specialist, and just make sure there's nothing that we can help you with and also make sure that time doesn't get away from yeah. you. And that's especially for women in their late 30s. So 38, 39 is sort of that danger zone when you're still young enough to be pregnant but you also don't want their time to get away from you. Yes, can relate. <laughs> Lee's in the danger zone. But I loved the way that you phrased it. Your eggs are 39, yes. Lee, not you. Yeah, no, it's I'm the a spring chicken. That, yes. It's just the eggs. It's not you that's the problem. Your eggs are holding it, you back. Exactly. And this is a biological fact that eggs age much more rapidly than sperm. Now, this doesn't mean that men can relax and let themselves go. Absolutely not. You know, it takes two to, to make a baby. Sometimes it takes more than two to make a baby. But definitely eggs seem to be the one factor that that is involved with the length of time required to achieve a pregnancy. And the other issue with unexplained infertility is when you start talking to couples, you know, a lot of them are just not having sex enough yeah. because they just don't have time. Um, or so you've when been you trying for it, so long and you're like, oh, God, again. It, it, becomes, it becomes a bit of a chore, yeah. absolutely. And so a lot of couples I see when we start talking about all those factors and they really start focusing on trying to be pregnant and having sex at least twice or three times a week, a lot of them end up do getting pregnant. Mm. But you need to make sure you're not missing something else. And um, so we do a lot of genetic screening. We do general pre-pregnancy screening. Some of them go off and see a naturopath for fertility support or acupuncture. And it really just depends on the couple and what they're comfortable with. But what you don't want to do is wait too long 
and miss your opportunity for that next baby. So that's why it's really important to connect with your fertility specialist or an interested GP early on. So statistically, when we're talking about the female's age or the egg's age, because <laughs> things sort of fall off a bit of a cliff at around 36, 37, don't they? Yeah, that, that's sort of the, I mean, if you look at a lot of the studies in fertility, a lot of them are in women under 36 because that's where the really high pregnancy rates are. So that's where that magic 36 comes off. So it's not like on your 36th birthday you wake up and, you know, your, your <laughs> eggs are gone. Um, but it's just that's the time to start thinking, do I want a baby? Do I want another baby? Do I want to freeze my eggs? What is my plan? Where is my relationship going? Maybe I need to sit down with someone and just talk about what's going on in my life from a fertility point of view. And so that's why we keep harping on about 36. I see a lot of couples, a lot of women who think it's quite normal to have their first baby when they turn 40. Mm. And a lot of patients are able to have their first baby when they turn 40, but some of them aren't. Is that considered, and I hate even using this word, a geriatric pregnancy? I never use that term. That is so. That and is, thank that you, is. because I saw that the other day and I was like, sorry? Like, I think they've changed it to advanced maternal age. Is that right? Oh, I, yeah. God, I hope so. To me, the term geriatric means someone over 80, so I have no <laughs> idea where that term came from. But we do talk about advanced maternal age. And, yeah. and what it really means is that the eggs are over the age of 36, yeah, right. The reality is when you speak to women today, they're all having babies at least a decade later than their mums did. Mm, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. And sometimes two decades later. Yeah. It's, it's quite common for me to see someone who's just turned 40 because that seems to be a common time for people to, to come in and connect with a fertility specialist. And I'll say to them, well, when did your mum have her first baby? And they'll say, oh, she was 22. Mm. Yeah. And which to us no. is like, wow, that's so young. 22 is still a baby. Yeah. And nowadays it's very unusual, for, for me at least, I don't see people in my practice in their 20s who yeah. want to have babies. I do occasionally, but it's really most women are in their mid to late 30s. Yeah. But a lot of the secondary infertility is unexplained. And what that just means is we do all the tests and we really don't find a reason as to why this couple haven't conceived other than age. So the egg and the sperm are just that little bit older than they were two, three years ago. And also lifestyle factors. You know, a lot of these couples have put on a considerable amount of weight. They're not exercising as much and maybe their diet is not as great as it was with the first baby. Okay, that makes total sense. I wondered if someone struggled with, I guess, primary infertility, struggling to fall the first time, does that necessarily Mm. mean they'll struggle the second time? It depends why they had primary infertility. So someone with primary infertility, we're a little bit more likely to find an underlying cause. So if we find an underlying cause and we address that, like maybe the sperm's not that great and we really improve that, then often these couples, in fact, have accidental second pregnancies. That's me. That's me. (laughs) All all of the above. I say, look, if you want to plan your second pregnancy, then you do need to use contraception. After the first one, because a lot of my couples like you with so-called unexplained, you know, for the second baby, suddenly they have this unplanned pregnancy. (sighs) Most of them are happy about it, but some of them aren't. Um, I laughed at my obstetrician when they told me, oh, you know, make sure you get on birth control. I'm like, what? We just did IVF and tried for two years for these twins. And then 14 weeks later, I was pregnant. So (laughs) I should have listened to the expert. That that is a really common scenario. 
But just because you had unexplained infertility first time round doesn't mean it's going to be hard to have the second or third. We do a lot of genetic testing nowadays, and I, I've spoken about that previously in some of the podcasts that we've done. And if we pick up a genetic reason for your infertility, then obviously that may have an impact for subsequent pregnancies. Mm. Uh, and again, that's why couples should never feel afraid to go and connect with their GP or fertility specialist. Get all the testing done early on. Make sure you're not carrying some genetic condition that's going to have an impact on the pregnancy or the baby or your family down the track. I mean, we've got all this incredible information available to us now. Yeah, why not use it's it? It's just a matter of seeking it out and being forewarned. And I think knowledge is power. You know, if you, if you know there's something going on that's causing your infertility, we can we can probably help you uh, avoid passing it on or avoid you having problems down the track. I wondered if conversely that I hear a lot, oh, your body knows what it's doing now. It's done it once before. It'll be fine. Is there any truth to that? Oh, look, wouldn't it be great if our bodies knew what to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be out of a job, right? <laughs> there is some truth in it. I mean, there's no doubt that women who've had one baby, when they're pregnant the second time, their body is more efficient. And we see that when they come through fertility treatment, when they come through for a second or third IVF cycle for egg retrievals or egg freezing, we do often find they make more eggs and they need less medication and their body just sort of clicks in. So there is some truth in that. And if they're young enough, then it's okay to wait for your body to do the right thing. So if you're 32, 33, you're healthy, your egg reserve is fine, your AMH level is normal, it's okay to wait if you want to and as long as it's not having a negative impact on your relationship. Okay, that's good. That's really good advice. I mean, I'm terrified because I'm 39, but we can talk <laughs> in the about danger, that. Your eggs are in the, <laughs> the danger, danger zone. zone. Manuela, you're always such a wealth of knowledge to chat to. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your time and thank you for all the great questions. Thank no you. Problem. So that was the lovely Manuela Toledo. She's a fertility specialist at Melvin IVF and she has featured on our podcast, Get Me Pregnant, which is hosted by me and the lovely Rachel Corbett. And that goes much further, much deeper into all this sort of stuff. So we'll put a link in the show notes so you can have a listen. I think there's about eight episodes yeah. and it was eye-opening. Wow. Um, but she's fabulous. The recommendations have been going off. I saw yesterday that your name stamp had sold out. so I, I sold that out. I'm yeah. just going to claim that anyway. Yeah, and luckily I had a backup company, the yeah, name stamp, which is the one that I mentioned had popped up on my Instagram. So There you go. Okay, mine is cookie cutters, like, you know, like when you're making cookies. Yeah, the name says it all. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, for sandwiches, for fun oh. sandwiches. Oh, those mums on Instagram that make those fancy lunch Yeah, that's where I got it off as well. Okay. But can I just say it works. The kids were to- Like for fussy toddlers, like for, oh, obviously we know in my house we have to have three of everything. So got, we've got a star, a butterfly and an aeroplane. Oh, yeah. And they know like Banjo's is the aeroplane sandwich, Sammy's is the star, Indy's is the butterfly. That's and quite clever. And they live for it. What do you do with the crust on the outside? Do you eat it? 
I do, yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Then Don't that's we your just, lunch. Yeah, if we just, aren't we just the seagulls of our children? On parenting days, I'm just the bin of what yeah. he does Yeah. Oh, well, because I hate waste as well. So I'll be like, oh, God, I can't waste So they're spread. rather large cookie cutters. They're big, yes. I, I got mine from Spotlight. Alexander would love that. Yeah, so big, like they're big, big size. Do you ever um, get them to like help and like press the shape? Yes, it's like making cookies, but way less messy. Yes, and it's lunch at the <laughs> same time. And less time. Oh, and my God, you're basically the Martha Stewart of m- mumming. Oh, my gosh, can I be? <laughs> yeah. I love baking and I'm a terrible cook. Oh, no, you're not. Well, you're a good baker. I don't know about I'm a like, good baker. I'm a terrible I've been to your house cook. for dinner, but we got pre-prepared food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at organising catering. <laughs> now, mine is a hair gel. So when Alexander was like maybe from nine months old, his hair is extremely straight and was just growing into his eyes. <laughs> And I was like, I don't want you to be that floppy-haired kid. You're going to have cool hair, dude. So then I Googled hair gel for kids yep. and found a brand. It's called No Nasties Slick Kids Plant-Based Hair Gel. And I buy it off the Well Store, which is an Australian small lady startup. She's like a natural organic online store. She oh, actually cool. has a physical store, I think, in Balmain in Sydney. But right. I order online. What I really like about it is it's like it doesn't go that crunchy, crusty yep. hair gel. spray No, type not a thing. hair spray yep. feel. Is it clayish? No, it's a gel. Is it pastish? No. It's, it's a gel. It's a gel. It's a hair gel, but I don't know. It's just good. And anyway, when you put your child in the bath, you don't always have to shampoo their hair. It just melts away. Like it oh, doesn't need a cool. big scrubby yeah, scrub to get rid of it. You don't need to scratch it out kind of no, thing. No. So he, that's his look, his hair gel. When he went and stayed with my sister-in-law the other week amongst the very long list of instructions, I was like, <laughs> floppy hair around the house is fine. If you go out in public, you must have <laughs> oh hair God, gel. Oh my God, you sound like my husband. <laughs> Why didn't you do Banjo's hair today? I'm like, oh, oh yes. I lost count of it's my children. A thing. So it's fifteen ninety five. We'll put a link in the show notes. The Well Store, really good hair gel. And I get asked probably every two days on Instagram what he's doing with his hair. And so for my kids that have like curly, out of control, crazy hair, yes. will, has it got stronghold? Will it like grip I their hair down? Me, what do you want to do to them? Like give them like the wet Slick look? Rick. Slick oh, Rick. Oh, yeah, it would. It absolutely would. Yeah, okay. Um, it's like a medium to stronghold, but you could brush it out. Say you okay, didn't yeah. like it, it would brush out. Okay, it's great. Because you don't want kids getting ouchy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're our recommendations wow. for the week. What the? What the? What the? What the? Parenting? WTF. Of the week. Okay. Mine was a literal WTF because I thought I was going to have to go to emergency and my kid was going to die. What? Oh, your kid? Not even you. No, not me. Oh, my God. So Sunday, my husband was the most hungover human on the history of the planet. (laughs) And I was like, oh, let him sleep. We'll go to the park. Oh, that's nice of you. I know. Went up to the park. We went and got a coffee and a banana bread. Alexander's playing with his trucks and he's quiet because he's eating his banana bread, right? So I'm like, da-da-da, looking on my phone. I'm like, oh, you've been quiet for more than 30 seconds. (laughs) He's in the corner at the park in the grass eating wild growing mushrooms. Because he loves raw mushrooms and I give them to him whole, he's just over there picking mushrooms. And it's like 7.30 in the morning. I get out of my bag like... I'm sorry to laugh. I know. But of all the things. All the things. I thought you were going to say dog poo. So that's a relief. Mushrooms. So I get like anti-back wipes out of my bag. I literally pinned him down (laughs) side on like a football and just got anti-back wipes all through his mouth. His hands were covered in mushroom and I was like, great, my kid's eaten a poisonous mushroom, he's going to die. I'm taking photos of this mushroom like I'm David That's Attenborough. That's so clever though. Well, because I thought I need to that. know what it was. I would never have thought to do that. Then I'm Googling deadliest mushrooms and there's a great <laughs> SEO post that someone's done seven deadliest mushrooms of the world. And <laughs> that your kid will eat at the park <laughs> yeah. if you're not watching. Thank God it said like 
90% of wild mushrooms are fine to eat. Oh, God. These are the bad okay. ones. And I looked at all the photos and one was like similar. Oh. I was like, oh, my God, is that what it is? And so I'm watching him and he was like, what? Like he thought he'd done the right thing by eating his mushrooms. Oh, your mama every other night is like saying, eat your bloody mushrooms. And <gasps> totally. now I'm eating it and, and she's got a problem. I just like, if anyone has been to the children's hospital and just waited, I really wanted to avoid that because I was like, we're probably fine. I don't want to go to the children's hospital and wait all day, but I also don't want my kid to like trip out is or it? die. Oh, no, that's a poisonous solutions hotline. I was going to call the poisons hotline but after my googling i was like i think we're okay so i just watched him like a hawk nothing bad happened anyway long story short completely fine but a why council do you have wild mushrooms growing in a gated kids playground yeah and it was just the most stressful 15 minutes of my life i think i lost like 30 kilos and so what did you end up doing? Nothing. He was fine. It's obviously oh. a fine version. Much. I don't know if it's edible. I don't know what it tasted like. You didn't, you but didn't need to make him lunch. He didn't get sick. You should get some cookie cutters out on that, <laughs> on the mushroom and see if he will oh, eat a bit more. Parent anxiety. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, well, mine's not as dramatic as that at all. But, you know, like we've just had Easter. My kids are already asking if it's Christmas. And then. What? My, yes. It's April. Yes. But. They're, you know, over three now and they're starting to, like, understand that there are these occasions. And then the other day my husband stupidly said to them, like, do you want to go to the snow? Oh. So, of course, they're obsessed with Frozen and they've never seen snow before. So, of course, they want to go to the snow. So, every morning they're waking up and asking if we're going to the snow. And I'm just wondering when it will end. Like, <laughs> once Easter's over, it's Christmas. So you've got to go to the snow. Once Christmas, we literally have to go to the snow now. Yes. I'm like, he can pack the snow gear for three toddlers. Oh. But I just want to know when. <laughs> When there will ever not be anything. But like, I think you should use it in your advantage as a threat. Oh, I use it for bribe all the time. Yeah. I've been using like their birthday. I think I said in an episode it was mm. July and I'm like, you're not going to get a unicorn yeah, cake Santa's for your birthday in January you. if you don't go to bed tonight. But WTF an occasion, like there's just always something else. But you're right. Maybe I should embrace them. You've just inspired me to not have a second birthday party for Alexander because soon – He'll know and want Yes. Them. Right now he doesn't don't, know. Do it Why when they don't it? know. Yeah. Because he'll want a third. So he'll I looked at my husband then. when he said, do you guys want to go to the store? I'm like, Why would you do that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Light bulb moment. I'm cancelling the party. <laughs> no, don't. No, I am. Because yeah, he'll, he'll blame want his auntie one. Tigger and be like, you're the bitch that gets my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, that is all we have time for. If you want to ask us a question, <laughs> I can't imagine anyone does after today. <laughs> You can email tgm at mamamia.com.au or call the pod phone on 028999386. We would love for you to follow us wherever you get your pods. Leave us a review if it's nice. Join the parents' Facebook group. We are everywhere pretty much. <laughs> Just stalk us. Hunt us down. This Glorious Mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode is produced by Michaela Floriano. On that note, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.